Once upon a time, there were four little rabbits. How old are you, Johnny? She asked. Sixteen. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. A wise old king once said, Of the making of books, there is no end. How true today. Of the overabundance of writing published each year, what's worth reading? The answer is simple. Read only the best. Come join the discussion on Just the Best Literature. Well, hello again, everyone. Thanks for listening in today. Well, I do have a comment today, which is really, really kind of exciting. I was uh, talking uh, with one of our listeners on the phone recently, and uh, this listener is from Texas. And he told me enthusiastically that he thought our book discussions on uh, JBL are really great and very interesting. He told me that he listens regularly to the podcast. So I'd like to say a big thank you to Texas so for, for giving us that comment. And, and I know there are a lot of people feel the same way. And I have been getting uh, some really good responses on SoundCloud. People are, are uh, liking the program, and there are some new people that I have not seen before. So... So I, I guess the audience is expanding. Well, on our last podcast, I finally finished our coverage of Joseph Conrad's compelling novel, or I should say novella, I guess, Heart of Darkness. And uh, again, uh, if you have not heard those programs, I certainly recommend you listen to them. And on the last program, I failed to mention at the end that if you really want to understand human nature and also if you really want to understand the human potential, there's a great book that we can offer you at thetrumpet.com, and it is obviously no, no cost to you, no follow-up. But the title of the book is The Incredible Human Potential, and it's by our namesake, Herbert W. Armstrong. So if you're confused a little about human nature or if you don't have a good vision of what God's purpose is for mankind, that book will give it to you. I read it myself in the late 70s, and I still go back to it often, and it's, it would really help you. Well, today what I want to do is I want to provide you an overview introduction to Joseph Conrad's novel, Lord Jim. Now, this is definitely a unique work where Conrad uses Marlowe to tell Lord Jim's story in a differently structured way. And I'll talk to you more about that as we go through the program today. So, so this is a new day, a new book, and uh, it's a new angle on Marlowe. And of course, we're interested in the story about Jim, but, but I am really interested in how Conrad uses Marlowe. Now, Lord Jim by Joseph Conrad was originally published as installment in Blackwood's magazine from October 1899 to November 1900. And that was very much in vogue during the day at that time. Even uh, some of your other great English writers, they wrote in installments. And um, uh, so that, that was the way it was done then. But then when the book was finally published as a novel at the uh, sometime in the 1900, I don't know the exact date, um, it was really favorably received. And uh, so, so uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this at, towards the end of the program. Now, I, I do think it's interesting, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the character Lord Jim first. And uh, then I will talk a little bit more about the cast of characters towards the end of the program. That's the rest of the characters. 
So this is really a, a different novel. It's not necessarily just a seafaring novel, although there is a ship involved at the beginning. And, uh, uh, you know, you're not going to have the same problems that Marla uh, dealt with, certainly uh, on the steamer, trying to find Kurtz. But Jim, it's interesting, the character. Jim is a parson's son. And now now it's, it's uh, uh, clear we don't know... Uh, necessarily Jim's last name, and that's really not important. We don't know his father's name. But we do know, and I, I really like this aspect about it, Jim was deeply inspired by popular seafaring literature. In other words, this guy loved literature. And uh, uh, he's somewhat of a romantic. Uh, he dreamed of being a hero. And then eventually, you know, you, th you think a parson's son may also become a parson, not Jim. Jim wanted to go to the sea, and so he, he went into training uh, in the merchant service, and uh, he did uh, study for steamships and sailing ships, and he became a chief mate. And so, so we see him, him uh, really progressing up through. Now, uh, one, of the, one of the things we have to, to uh, understand about, uh, even though he's called Lord Jim, he is a tall, powerfully built young man with piercing blue eyes and a deep voice. And so they also say he was very blonde. And so he's an Englishman. Now, um, th I think that's, that's important that we, we, uh, we understand that. Um, the, the, the thing that happens to him is, he, like I said, he, uh, he rose through the ranks. He gets his first assignment on the uh, ship called the Patna. And I'll talk to you a little bit about that. But then, once he's on the ship, and, and uh, he abandons, there's 800 Muslim pilgrims on the ship because he thinks the ship is going to explode momentarily. So uh, even like in youth and in, uh, certainly in the heart of darkness, um, you know, here there's problems with the ship. And uh, essentially, he's declared a deserter, and during a legal inquiry, he loses his certification to command the ship. Now, that... That is kind of like the overall view with Jim. Now, afterward, after this whole thing goes on, he is terribly ashamed and unable to live a normal life because he fears that his terrible cowardice will be revealed. Now, remember, Jim always wants to be a hero. Now, it's, it's interesting that it was during his inquiry, they had this, this legal inquiry after he jumped ship, and, of course, uh, he was declared a deserter, and then he lost his certification. He couldn't sell ships anymore. But it's during this inquiry that he meets Marlowe. And it, from this point on is then that Marlowe, um, you know, then tells his story. And it's, it's interesting that Marlowe tells his story because he really, he really thinks it's important. And so, so anyway, that's, that's just a little bit. I'm going to give you some more as we go through this. Now, one of the things I think you have to look at, Lord Jim, the book, it's really, it's technically a British novel. And, uh, uh, but most of the novel's action takes place outside of England. It doesn't take place in England. And so we're not going to have, like we had in youth, where the... Uh, you know, the ship is trying to get escape England. Is the ship's already gone from England. And uh, essentially what I think is interesting, if you look at the history, 
let's say, behind the novel. This novel really belongs more to the British Empire. And, you know, the, the, it was the greatest empire ever, the British Empire. There's, the Earth has never seen anything else like it, even far, uh, you know, superseded the, British, the, the Roman Empire. And uh, uh, essentially this novel is, is going to be set basically, you know, off the sea and onto an island uh, village. And it's, uh, it's really in the South Sea Asia or the Pacific Ocean, and uh, essentially, the main story takes place in the fictional village of Padusan. Now, it's that, that, that village doesn't exist, but it would be set in the Malay Islands or Malaysia. And so, so it's, it is interesting, you know, how Marlowe crafted this. Or I shouldn't say Marlowe, I should say Conrad. I, sometimes I confuse the two because I think they're the same person. But also that now, just to talk a little bit about the ship, there is a ship involved, and the ship is called the Patna, and again, it's a fictional ship. There, there was no ship, the Patna, and uh, you know Conrad is good at that. Um, but, but the the uh, the ship is definitely identified with the British India Steam Navigation Company from Glasgow and London. And uh, uh, eventually, that ship is scrapped in Bombay in 1901. And so, so again, this was uh, again this a fictional thing, but it, but it's also uh, Conrad ties it to actual companies that were in existence, of, obviously at that time. So, so essentially, you have a story, you have a ship, you have problems with the ship. I mean, uh, we can go back and and uh, think about. You know, heart of darkness, and how much trouble, you know, Marlow had with the, with the steamship, and uh, uh, we also see that we, when we come back into this novel, and and really, it is a, it's not a novella; it's a really long novel, but uh, there is the return of darkness, and so so this is a, a, probably a favorite theme of Conrad's. But it's, 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 again, it's a different darkness, and we're going to meet a different Marlowe, and we're going to meet, you know, a different situation. But, but uh, just to give you a heads up, and really, I'm, I'm trying to, to do all this to encourage you to read it. I know it is a difficult read. That I will not deny. But if you really like to think deeply, if you really want to analyze literature, this is a novel you want to read. And, you know, you, you need to take time to do it. You need to turn off your television. You need to turn off the radio. You need to, to uh, you know, maybe get yourself a good cup of coffee or, uh, you know, I wouldn't recommend wine <laughs> because you'll probably fall asleep. But get a good cup of coffee and, uh, you know, just set aside the time and really read it. But, but what's the deal with the darkness in this book? And it's, it's a different darkness. It's not necessarily the darkness of the heart, but uh, essentially what uh, Jim is dealing with, or I guess we could call him Lord Jim, on the islands, uh, like at, at Patteson, that, that uh, um, made-up village, they called him Tuan John, or against the, uh, Tuan Jim, and that would actually be Lord Jim in English. But but the, the darkness in this one are people sharing secrets. And uh, w- what they do is, is it's, it's like they're concealing 
you know, the things. There's concealing the truths. And in, 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 in many ways, when they share their secrets, they're doing it in darkness. And so, so essentially, this, this has to do with clandestine conversations and their nature. And so, so uh, how many out there have been the victim of, you know, these kind of conversations? Well, I think we all have, you know, the, the, the sharing of secrets. And one of the big things is that, that uh, you know, when, when Jim is, you know, you know, accused of desertion and he loses his certificate, he wants to hide that. He wants to get a, you know, he, he, can, he cannot live his life near the, the shipping company. He can't live his life where he was. And so he goes off to this uh, city, Patusan, or the village, and he, he, he wants to, you know, escape that life. He wants it to, to be over. He doesn't want anyone to know about it. And, of course, it's his desire to hide it. But obviously, you know, things come out. And so, so we'll talk a little bit more about this again before the end of, of this program. And again, this program is just intended to get you interested. It's kind of like, uh, hopefully it's a good sales job, you know, to get you to read this book. Because I, I do think you'll really find it, uh, for all of its difficulty, it's, it's going to be probably something you feel really uh, that you've accomplished something by getting through it. Now, one thing that I think we also have to admit about the book, and the novel is also a study of Marlowe. And it's a different, if it's a different look at him, and uh, the thing is, Marlowe in, in this book really becomes the helper. He, he identifies with Jim. And in some ways, if you, if you really think about, let's say, if we compare it with Heart of Darkness, I mean, uh, Marlowe may have wanted to have a closer relationship with Kurtz, but it, it, you know, he really didn't have that. And uh, most about uh, of what we know about Kurtz in uh, Heart of Darkness comes from other people, and that's where Marlowe learned about him. Now, I do think Marlowe, uh, what little he did know of him, he did worship him. Uh, you know, he did. I guess some of the things people were saying about him were true. Uh, you know, he would have been a total Renaissance man. He was into painting. He was into music. Uh, obviously, he was a, a journalist. You know, he was into writing. And so, so uh, uh, as you know, Marlowe said, he was he was just a universal genius. So, uh, uh, but anyway, Marlowe is different here. And it was during this inquiry, the Jim's inquiry, to you know, well, decertify him from from running ships that, you know, his desire of his life was to be as, you know, on the sea and sailing. He loses that. Of course, uh, there's a, there's a story behind why he jumped ship. I'm not going to reveal that. I want you to be able to read that for yourself. And, uh, but, but Marlowe is at the inquiry and he decides he needs to help Jim. And in, in fact, he helps him get other jobs outside of the shipping industry. And so, so we have a different Marlowe here. And the thing is, I think, as we go through the story, we're going to find that Marlowe helps Jim because Marlowe himself has the same fears that Jim has. And uh, in, in other words, as Marlowe's helping Jim, he's actually trying to help himself as well. So, so and remember, 
there is a, there's other novels after this one where Marlowe is still involved in those as well, but we're going to stop with, with Lord Jim. All right, uh, one of the things um, is uh, Marlowe does remain a narrator, but he's not just a Buddha. Remember on the, the Nelly, he was considered a Buddha or a teacher, and now in, in some ways he is teaching, but basically we're going to learn learn about Marlowe as he works to help Jim. And so, so in some ways, what you have to understand is that Marlowe is kind of like an active per- participant, or he's, he's uh, actually deeply involved with Jim. And it, it's very different than the way he was, let's say Marlowe was involved with Kurtz. So, so we could say that Marlowe is definitely an active participant in the story he tells. Now, the, the reason why he tells uh, Jim's story, and I think, is because Marlowe believes it's worth telling. And, uh, you know, as we go through the novel, I'm going to read a little bit to you about Con- what Conrad says about the novel and why he wrote it. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the, at the time, in the 1900s, when the book first came out, it, like I said, it received a lot of favorable, um, you know, remarks. But then, as it, as uh, time went on, people began to criticize it for because it was so long. And he says, he says, how can a narrator tell a story that long, and how can it, you know, how can it be told in just a few hours? And then, uh, you know, Conrad defends himself, saying, well, who has who hasn't had these things where, where uh, you know, you get talking about things with friends and you talk all night, and I think all of us have experienced that. I know I have. And so uh, uh, he, he really defends that it's, that it's a story worth telling. Now, I also think it's interesting is that, that if I were to ask you the question, why do you think Marlowe even got involved with, with Jim? And I, I think if you, go, um, you know, if you go back and think about what we discussed on the radio about Marlowe, and, and I think what Marlowe is so attracted to with Jim is Jim's youth. I mean, here he is, tall. He's he's uh, really muscular. He's blonde. He's got piercing blue eyes. He's uh, somewhat of a romantic. He loves literature. He loves the sea, and he wants to be a hero. He wants to go out and do things. He wants to be a leader. Essentially, is what happens. And and when he gets to this village. The, the 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 native peoples uh, really do respect him, and he does help them, and they make him their leader. That's why they call him Tuan, Tuan Jim. And so so you're going to see a lot of difference here between, you know, let's say Kurtz and Jim, because Kurtz wanted to be worshipped. He wanted to be looked on as a god. That's not that's not Jim's. Uh, let's say mode of thinking. Jim wants to be very different, and uh, he really just wants to, uh, let's say, be a hero or be a leader. Um, and so, so I, I do think that the reason why Marlowe even got involved, and, and again, now this is all fiction, but but you can see Conrad's thinking here that that uh, he he even gets Marlowe involved because of of youth, and uh, you know here at the college, and of course I am. Uh, probably uh, not not necessarily a senior faculty, but I'm probably one of the oldest faculty members, uh, you know, here besides, of course, Mr. Gerald Flurry, 
Uh, he's just a little bit older than I am. But it is, it's always great to be working with the students. And I, I, I just uh, am thrilled to be able to teach. I'm thrilled to be able to be active with them. I was able to just run a half marathon with them a couple of weeks ago. And of course, you know, I, I couldn't come in in an hour and a half, but I came in in two and a half hours. I mean, I, I didn't die on the course. You know, I stayed, I, I stayed with it. So, uh, uh, you know, there is an advantage to, for, for both, the, let's say, an older, uh, the older couples or the older people. My wife has also taught here at the college. And uh, there's a real advantage for, let's say, for the elderly. <laughs> I hate to say that word because I don't feel like I'm an elderly person, but I am. I, I would be considered a senior. But it's just great to be around youth because they keep you energized. They keep you moving. They keep you going forward. They, they have great ideas, and they really challenge your thinking. And so, so you can see why Marlo uh, would be interested in someone like Jim. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the structure of, of uh, Lord Jim. And uh, again, I'm not going to deny it's, it's a challenging read. And it's, it's the way he structured it. It's the way Conrad structured it. And just like with, with Heart of Darkness, he structured some of his writing to be so dense and so deep that he wanted you to have the feeling of you know, going into the wilderness. This one's a little bit differently. Now, it's definitely not a novel about seafaring, although that is the backdrop. And essentially what the novel is, it's a series of frames that go back and forth in time. So when you first start reading the novel, you think you're in the present time, but, um, but actually, you know, you're, you're looking at something that's going on after the bad event happened. And so, so you're going back and forth. And you just have to be aware of that. And I think that the, the real, let's say, the real genius of that is to get you to see different sides of the issue. And so when you go back and forth, you're going you're gonna to go back and forth, and there's going to be different characters, there's going to be different people. And so you're going to get different views all the time. And, and, but you have to put all those views together to get the whole meaning behind the book. And uh, I think that's where Conrad, you know, he just excelled. So, so essentially, you know, if, if we look at the structure of the book, there's two main divisions, or there's two different aspects of Jim's life, and uh, essentially, opening we get the we get a kind of like a, a short uh, view of Jim's short life at sea, and then the the second half of the book, which is probably the most important part, is his redemption at Patterson. You know how he gets how he uh, gets over his cowardice, how he gets over the shame of it, how, how he deals with his conscience, um, you know, over the act that he uh, got caught up in. And so, so uh, it's, it's really, uh, those are the two big divisions. And then as we go through discussing on the radio, we'll talk about uh, some of the other things we have to go back and forth to understand. Now, uh, besides darkness, the other themes... Uh, in the book are dealing with, you know, conscience, with cowardice, with leadership, and, uh, you know, what do you do when you, you've done a shameful thing in your life? How do you get over it? I mean, that's, uh, that's in that book, or it's, it's the themes in the book, and, 
you know, all of us have done things we're ashamed of, and, you know, how do we get out of it? And uh, a lot of people, you know, you do. Move to a new location. Make new friends. Now, uh, I just want you to remember that, that even this book is uh, it, it's probably a challenge for our time because we want things to happen so quickly. We don't want to take the time, um, you know, to just sit there and read and study. We, uh, you know, we're, we're so caught up in technology, you know, and, and uh, so many people, even during the COVID-19 crisis, you know, they know they stayed home and they just played computer games all the time. And then essentially they gained about 29 pounds. That's the average weight people gained over the, the uh, coronavirus crisis. Uh, that's a lot of weight. So, but remember, at, at, in, in 1900, uh, this book was so favorably received it made Conrad famous. And so, uh, you know, I think, I think we need to really appreciate literature like this. All right, for, for the little bit of time we have left, I want to talk a little bit about these, these cast of characters. And, and I, when I teach English Lit or even Shakespeare, I usually encourage the uh, students, and I think I've said this before on the radio, so, but it's worth repeating, is uh, if they're really going to understand the novel, they need to understand the cast of characters ahead of time. And um, you know, it's, it's so good to do that and so uh, I may not have time to finish this today, but certainly we'll be getting uh, you know, into these cast of characters. So obviously you have Lord Jim. Uh, remember now he's a tall, powerfully built young man with piercing blue eyes. He has a deep voice. Um, uh, he's uh, very attractive. Uh, he's a natural. He's, he's got the natural, uh, let's say, look of a leader. Uh, and yet, uh, uh, you know, he gets his first big assignment on this uh, this ship, the Patna, um, but he abandons 800 Muslim pilgrims because he thinks the ship is going to explode, and then he gets he really gets caught up. And uh, I'm not going to tell you the whole story because there's more to that story. But he becomes terribly ashamed. He's unable to live a normal life, and he all he fears that his terrible cowardice will be revealed. That's one of the big things he does not want his sin to be revealed. And, uh, but it's, it's after he becomes the overseer of a trading post in the far-off Malay Islands that he's able to get, regain his self-esteem and sense of honor. But there's a lot more that happens on that uh, island that uh, uh, it, it's really not boring at all. All right, then we have Marlowe. He is the sea captain. Uh, he's obviously, well, here's what I want to say. And now we have Marlowe. Uh, he was also a sea captain, but he's uh, like 20 years older than Jim. Now when Marlowe first sees Jim, uh, he's on trial for desertion. And uh, uh, he's sure that Jim has a cowardly streak in his nature. And so that's what he wants to help him overcome. But later, Marlowe begins to identify with Jim, and he finally becomes deeply sympathetic to, um, well, what happened to the sensitive young man. And, uh, you know, Marlowe comes to his final assessment of Jim. I'm not going to tell you what that is, but it actually becomes very favorable. All right. Now, there's the, going to be the skipper of the Patna, and uh, essentially what we find out, he's grossly fat. He's greasy. In fact, uh, Conrad says he's a man cut off a block. He's a man cut out of a block of fat. 
this this uh, skipper embodies evil and cowardice. Um, uh, Conrad said he's the incarnation of everything base and vile. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what happens. Uh, I'll bet you we're going to we're going to read it. All right. Uh, there's another. Uh, here's some other characters. Um, there's uh, two characters, Eggstrom and Blake. They're owners of a ship chandler firm where Jim is employed as a water clerk, and we run that very early on in the book. Then there's Stein. He's a wealthy and re- respected businessman. He's a naturalist of distinction. He's a collector of butterflies and beetles. And uh, it is Stein who believes that Jim should immerse himself in a romantic nature rather than reject it. So, so he knows that, that uh, Jim is romantic, and he, he wants to um, encourage him. All right. Now, there's also a woman. Her name is Jewel. She is a, a girl of mixed race. Uh, she's been raised in Patterson. Uh, her, uh, her father, I think, is white. Her mother is Malaysian. Jim falls in love with her. She loves Jim with both fierceness and affection, but she's not as trusting of people as Jim is. So that's about all I can say about her, but that's going to be really interesting. And again, there's, there's a, a lot more in here. Uh, I'll give you a, a few other ones. There's Raja Along. He's a corrupt man who esteemed power over the Patterson natives by force and intimidation. He extorts everything he can from people and trades it all to foreign buyers. He is awed by Jim's charismatic hold over the natives. All right, that's all I'm going to give you for today. And so that's all the time we have for today's program. Next time, we'll enter the world of Lord Jim. You can buy Lord Jim at Amazon.com. You may be able to find a good used copy at abebooks.com. And again, I'd recommend you get the Signet Classics. You can get them at both places. Now, you may also be able to find a copy in your local bookstore, and of course, you can also check your local library. Please write me any comments you may have to jbl at pcog.org. You can follow JBL on Twitter at jbliteratureone. one You can also follow JBL on Facebook. Simply search for just the best literature. So until next time, keep reading. been listening to just the best literature on trumpet radio 101.3 kpcg streaming online at kpcg.fm and the trumpet.com